0: If you were born between 1969 and 1984, you are a part of the 65 million Gen Xers. And you've just found your new family. Welcome to the Carolina Underground. Gen X perspectives on rapidly changing technology, history, media, politics. How they come together and influence every aspect of daily life. The world we were raised in has ceased to exist but we haven't let's do it welcome to the carolina underground now your hosts mark and mike
1: yo 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 big daddy we're back again what's happening not a whole
2: lot sir how are you today
1: lord if i was any better couldn't anybody stand me not that they
2: can stand me anyway yeah there's not a whole lot of room not a whole lot of wiggle wiggle room in that one and
1: i heard a rumor about you going around
2: oh lord what might that be
1: i heard that you had joined a secret society and you knew the secret handshake
2: well truth be told i've been a been a member of a few of them to be I am a Freemason, a Knight Templar, Scottish Rite Mason, and uh, I was a Shriner for a while, but it's been a while since I've put on my fez.
1: Well, where is the treasure at Oak Island then?
2: That ain't got anything to do with anything that I any of the rituals I went through. That must be uh, that must be in the secret, secret. That's in the Duple
1: double dog decker secret probation stuff that you don't get till you get way up there.
2: They, Exactly. You know, so I mean, not saying that there's not somebody that knows it, but uh, it ain't me. It's intriguing thing. Yeah, <laughs> it sure ain't me. And that is the intriguing thing, you know, because if you look back at the, uh, you know, the, the secret societies have been around for about as long as there's been a, you know, as long as there were, you know, two people, you didn't have any secrets. But when you added the third, you could, you could close them out by, you know, having your own secret. That's society. right. That's but, when
1: you whisper behind their backs.
2: That's right. And I mean, why is that? That's a, an intriguing question. I mean, one of the things that
1: I think that's one know. of the dark parts of human nature, where we constantly have to be conniving against somebody else.
2: Well, that's the Machiavelli the thing. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about that before, and and one of the things that is intriguing is if there is if you if you have true scarcity, mm-hmm. okay, then societally, everybody gets along and they help each other out and they share what little resources that they have. If you've got just enough resources, and right. um, I forget the name of the experiment that they did this with primates and whatnot, then that continues. But at the moment that you start to have abundance, that's everybody when wants more. everybody starts to hoard and you know, try to steal from everybody else so that yep. they've got the most. Exactly.
1: Because and knowledge bring- and the most usually come with power or bring power to it.
2: Well, and that's the thing, the, the debate that I've always had is Machiavelli said that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. I've always contended that I believe that power attracts corruptible people. And absolute power attracts the absolutely corruptible.
1: I'd agree with that. And of course, I think power, like money, is the root of all evil.
2: Well, it's not, you know, that is a common misquotation of the biblical verse. Money is not the root of all evil, the love of money is the root of all evil. Well, I'll tell you one thing
1: we both know somebody that's
2: in trouble then. Roger that, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, again, money is nothing but portable power. Right. Okay. And did you know that that would, did you know who introduced the concept of paper money?
1: Paper money? No. Yeah. I would say Benjamin Franklin.
2: Not the paper money and fiat currency was introduced. I believe it was Genghis Khan's grandson, the Kublai Khan, Hmm. introduced that. And, you know, totally. I
1: was totally on a wrong continent and several hundred years away.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah. And again, during the uh, silk trade, Marco Polo's time and whatnot, uh, that was who was in power. And the, uh, you know, I mean, up, you know, through that time frame they everything was done by barter okay Okay. so if you went to trade for silk you bought a bunch of goats or whatever you had with you that you could trade for the silk right and you swapped it out and then you know Kublai khan said you know what i can have a whole lot greater control over this if i introduce this concept of paper money and of course people and then of course the paper
1: is not worth anything until you get what's back in it
2: exactly and he can decide on a whim which is the, the thing about fiat currencies he can decide on a whim is that dollar worth what is that goat is you know will that dollar buy one goat will that dollar buy 50 goats okay right and so you know of course the the merchants that were involved in this weren't all that thrilled about the concept change Mm-hmm. so the way he enforced that was he would bring you into the to his square if you will and when you brought him whatever it is you were trading he would say okay well this is worth this number of I don't know if they called it yen or not I should know that and uh, you know if you said well you know, just as soon have my gold or my silk he'd have you card it over and you know beheaded in front of everybody else so that uh that's definitely a a good
1: way to keep you from asking for what's really backing it
2: roger that yeah so that was uh that was how it how it came into being and of course the chinese are still the masters of currency manipulation worldwide
1: oh yeah most definitely
2: and they do now officially have a larger economy than the united states so they have the world's largest economy and the control of the money We're still controlling it in name only, according to the sources that I've read.
1: Well, but the key about that is, though, is it doesn't take but a few royal place tariffs and China's complete economy will crash because their economy is, although it may be bigger, it's nowhere near as robust.
2: Well, we're the consumers for the entire planet. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's the whole thing. As long we we the 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 United States has to continue to be the consumer nation, right? Because everybody depends on us for that. Um, but again, at the the way that things look, it's it's really kind of tough right now to not feel like things are sufficiently unstable that they could go, they could turn sideways in a pretty rapid hurry, and we can bring this back. The, the vast majority of this is the result of the machinations of a couple of secret societies, uh, amongst them, the Bilderbergs, the Triangles, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and all of that fun stuff. Now, what was the course-
1: secret society? There was one, um, and my, the, the memory, it, it, my memory is failing me, but I was reading this book, uh, surprise. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it was about the Franklin Savings Loan <clears throat> and a lot of the kids that went missing in the early '80s and whatnot. And there was supposedly a secret society that took that met in the Grove in California, but I cannot remember the name of it to save my life. But it was supposedly tied to like human sacrifice and stuff like that. And they had people that were prominent in politics at the time up into the. Upper echelons of the federal government that were attending these meetings.
2: That one I have not run across, um, so I'm not entirely certain. When I did a quick, I did a quick internet search, and I uh-huh. haven't come up with anything.
1: I'll, I've, I've got the books that uh, mentioned right. it. Uh, when I get a chance and we get off, I'll bring it up and uh, mm-hmm. offline and let you know. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was um, I know Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino had mm-hmm. been something to do with it. You know, he founded the Church of Set or Temple of Set or whatever it was.
2: Well, they, they all of that may have something to do with uh, Anton Zandor LeVay and his group. Yeah, well, and well,
1: he broke away from LeVay, I think.
2: Okay, Uh well, he, and happened.
1: well, and yeah. Lute- I think Aquino was actually into like working in that like the psychological ops for the CIA and the military and stuff like that as well, because mm-hmm. it's always mentioned with the offshoots of like MK Ultra and all of that.
2: Well, and again, those were a lot of that was uh was the, the you know the mk ultra offshoots and all that stuff a lot of those were the result of project paperclip and they were the extension of the uh you know the experiments that had been done in nazi germany mm-hmm. um you know i mean then we brought a significant number of those scientists not you know most notably the ones that you heard about were like werner Werner von Braun, right that was brought over to uh cut up the the, the the rocket program in the United States. Right, right. So, um, you know, but uh, yeah, the, uh, now and, and, and another thing, one of the most intriguing things that I've seen about secret societies recently, this was a documentary series on Netflix called The Sons of Sam. Don't know if it's still on there or not, but it's very well worth watching because, you know, the, there was one reporter who was absolutely obsessed with the whole thing, mm-hmm. and it really made his career and consequently ruined his career, hmm. because he dug very deeply into the whole thing and was convinced that David Berkowitz did not act alone. Now... I'll go ahead. Do you want me to spoil it for you or you want me to let you have a chance to watch Oh,
1: go ahead. Actually, I think I I saw that. Actually, I think it was like on Netflix or something like that. Yes.
2: Yes, it was. Now, so the intriguing thing about that, you know, and this man pulled every single thread that could be pulled with one exception. He didn't follow the money. Mm -hmm. But Berkowitz did eventually... It meant that he did not act alone that he was a part of a group mm-hmm. and if you follow through the whole thread of what he's you know what the man and he had a tremendous amount of, of evidence to back up what he was saying it all made perfect sense there were murders out in mass murders out in Ohio the Manson family killings and all of this stuff they were all related And they were all related back to an offshoot, a lunatic fringe offshoot. And it's tough to say this without, you know, the, without the, you know, it's tough to not say this ironically from the uh, Church of Scientology Uh and whatnot. And the end result is, from what it appears, they were filming actual snuff films.
1: Mm. and and this that well what i was referring to they were actually doing that as well too
2: right and so again this goes back to another yet another secret society it it is
1: bohemian grove bohemian
2: grove is that the one you were talking about the franklin bank uh
1: yeah that well i it was in that book and it was talking about that the bohemian club's all-male membership includes artists musicians as as well as many prominent business leaders, government officials, and former U.S. presidents?
2: Well, that's intriguing. That's one that I have not heard of. Now, you know, and again, the intriguing thing, well, and that goes back to another one of the conversations that we've had uh, where we you know, were asking the question, and somebody, some, I've, I've seen this in print before, You know, think, you know at the, and the first time I really noticed it was in the movie Wag the Dog, okay but the they're talking about uh how it seems like and and this was a result of i can't remember i think it was white noise was the name of the movie Uh it's a recent movie that they did where it was the, the the plot of the movie was the derailment of a tanker train carrying hazardous materials in east palestine ohio
1: hmm
2: And this was released, I think, in 2021. Mm -hmm. And so the, the conversation comes up about why nefarious and evil forces always tell you what they're going to do before they do it. Right. Okay. So, I mean, I did a little bit of digging into that particular rabbit hole. And the concept is that of manifesting your own destiny okay Mm, okay willing it into existence which is you know the whole thing behind you know the ceremonies and whatnot and everything like that and you see all of this you know you know positive thinking goes into this and all of this manifestation
0: but it also does
2: tie into the power of prayer and things like that Mm -hmm. so you know, at first glance, to me, to my eyes, I thought it was kind of absurd. But then, when I started tying it together, along with things like the power of prayer, you know, it kind of makes sense. And if you right. even sub, even unconsciously, have everybody thinking about these things, then you know, you, you the, the the theory. Based on what I've read, would be that if you get everybody, you know, or a significant portion of the population thinking about this, then it would manifest itself.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and that was a lot of like um, that was like one of the new age principles to where you visualize it and it becomes reality or something well, more, that, something to that effect. Just,
2: it's not just new age. That's a, a concept that has been around since you know as, as long as anybody's been writing things down uh, uh-huh. and, i mean guided meditation and things of that nature are uh, kind of based on the same sort uh-huh. oh, okay. of thought process okay.
1: but so, it, you know and it's kind of interesting because you know a lot of this stuff you know we're all any anybody's oh it's a secret and we what's going on in there everybody wants to know and it's it's kind of built into humor, na- human nature to want to be inquisitive about things that we don't understand and we don't know. Like sure. like the Knights Templar. Like, right. Like we, it, the main carryover from the Knights Templar that everybody seems to believe in nowadays is Friday the 13th. You Friday know,
2: the
1: 13th. Yeah. You do, Talk to okay, Friday the 13th was is the traditionally the accepted day that the sealed orders were sent from the King of France and the Pope that actually prompted the Knights Templar to be rounded up and persecuted when the Pope declared them heretics.
2: That's intriguing. That I wasn't aware of, uh, but I'll do some further research on that, because again, Friday the 13th was uh, just like Black Cats and the number 13 itself. Prior to the, you know, the the, the witch hunts and stuff mm-hmm. like that that were put forth by the church, were considered to be lucky.
1: Right, right. And and and, and you know, I've talked to a lot of people recently, which is kind of weird that their lucky number is they say is thirteen. So, and I'm like, and you know, and I'm I won't even buy an odd numbered iPhone. so i don't know how you could be having a lucky number named 13
2: well i'm not not all that big of a fan of an iphone in the first place but uh you know so i won't buy one at all
1: oh well doesn't say you don't have to worry about odd numbers then
2: that's right well i don't know i have galaxy and so they uh use uh they use a system.
1: well i i used to be a Samsung fan, but I quit buying Samsung when they quit the note. The note was my favorite phone.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. So, all right, but I believe we have digressed way off of the subject. Well,
1: there's nothing new about that.
2: <laughs> now, so, but again, the thing is the thing that you, you, and you alluded to it, and it's kind of intriguing. Okay, so why in the world? Do you need secret societies in the first place? Okay. Right. So these things tend to either crop up when you, and I may have already said this, when you, when things are going really well and you've got some lunatic fringe group mm-hmm. that wants to take control. And again, it's that drive of hoarding and whatnot that comes from actual abundance. Right. When you right. have abundance, then you, I got to have more new to prove that I'm better than you. Right. Okay? And... You know, then the other time that these things crop up is when things are going really bad, you know, and then you've got the resistance movement that figures out, hey, we're tired of being oppressed Mm -hmm. for being Jewish or being, you know, brown or being white or whatever you're being oppressed for. Um, well, like you know, the, I mail mean, mail like if,
1: like just in those lines, like if you were, you just set up the case text for how the Illuminati was found to um, circumvent the church's control of all knowledge and everything in the in the uh, Renaissance world and all of that.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot of truth to that. That's the you know again, that's the the arc of nearly every organization as the you know usually most or well not every organization but most organizations start out with a beneficial purpose that's at least beneficial to the members of the group right okay then over time the group grows it grows in power it grows in influence and then invariably i, I you know teamsters union for example mm-hmm okay originally started out pretty you know pretty sensibly as uh you know to to, to allow collective bargaining of people that hauled freight for a living right okay mm-hmm. the freemasons who get a bad rap all the time and there was a time frame where that was somewhat deserved okay okay so again the founding fathers were all freemasons and it became one of those things where you really could not get elected to public office if you were not a member of a Masonic Lodge. Okay. In most places. Intriguingly, the Democrat Party was originally formed as the anti Masonic Party. Okay. Now, the reason behind.
1: Is that, that before or after they were parading around in their white sheets?
2: Long before. Long okay. before. So um, the reason behind having to be a Mason or having to be a part of the Masonic Lodge prior to or or before being a a part of a um, or before being elected into public office is that was really one of the only places that you could learn parliamentary procedure and how all of that stuff was was done, because that's a part of. Uh, The parliamentary procedure is a part of of how the meetings were handled and run Mm -hmm. in the Freemasons Now I don't know if that was developed by Freemasons or if that was bequeathed to Freemasons from another organization that preceded them Because again you go all the way back to the priests of Egypt and even before that was secret societies. right, but You know, and again, the vast majority of our nation's founding documents are based on the structures from the Masonic Wives. That's where the concept of the uh, uh, separation of powers Mm -hmm. and the, uh, you know, came from, as a matter of fact. So, anyway, um, you know, that's that, but the, 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 there, there was a point where. It had gone too far and a journalist who was a Freemason uh, became a whistleblower Okay, and he disappeared. And the rumor is that he was taken to Canada and executed. But you never know. It was fairly easy for people to disappear back in those days. And again, you had an awful lot of things out there that... uh, you know, you, you 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 had bears and lions and tiger ty- well, and mountain lions and 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 stuff like right. that, that. Well, and I mean, true, and really- I think
1: well, and part of it though is Freemasonry essentially, from what my understanding is, traces its roots back to the local stonemasons guild, to where people would learn essentially oh, stonemason doing stonework and the. "Quote unquote, what is it? The divine geometry of the perfect, right? You know, the perfect numbers was, and such, such as that,
2: right? The divine geometry of the universe, and and it absolutely did. I mean, again, as an engineer, the you 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 can't think that something is level. You have to know it's level, right? Okay, especially if you're working with rock, okay? Because if a rock falls on you, it's going to hurt.
1: Oh well, yeah.
2: It doesn't. It doesn't have to be a big rock. To fall on you mm. and and hurt, and the other thing is, if you built that aqueduct and and, and things weren't done correctly, that aqueduct is going to cr- collapse. Oh okay? yeah, yeah. And so the purpose of it originally, when it came about, was to um, ensure that codes were withheld and things were constructed according to the correct methodology, so they didn't collapse and kill people. Right. Okay. Right. Now, then, of course, it, you know, and that, and of course, also the collective bargaining, because again, once you've put in that effort to learn how to do that, you don't want some to come in and undercut you at 50% of your price because you want to be able to feed your right.
1: family. Right, right. Okay. And essentially it was, it was even the playing field to where the, this person charged the same as this person and right. you still got the same quality across the board.
2: Exactly. And that's all very laudable, you know. And again, like most things, it progressed to a point where there was corruption involved. And after after that particular incident that I was referring to, uh, Masonry changed its um, philosophy to where they absolutely, under no circumstances, get involved in anything political.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, you know, it's no matter what you're going to have clicks and different aspects of everything grouping together to do something against what some other group wants to do or what they think is best and as preservation of their own power or their own wealth
2: oh absolutely even even down down to the point of power couples okay who Most get definitely. together yeah and and it's it's a you know it is a it's a power block so you know it is what it is but again that it what truly intrigues me about that is that that behavior really only starts to occur when there is abundance of resources. Right which right. is utterly fascinating to me.
1: Well and it's been but it's always been like that. I mean how no, how do you get out of that cycle of the abundance causing the problem you would You would think with a society such as ours, the great society, according to Lyndon Johnson, that with such abundance, basic stuff would be taken care of across the board, and yet we still have people starving. We still have people with mental health problems. And the supposed secret societies, which across most of them if, the gist of them is they're trying to level the playing field never seem to get anything done other than conjecture and maintaining their own status quo
2: absolutely and again uh, you know that's the that's the whole downfall with communism and socialism is that if you have that abundance, then you're going to have the rise of a group of people to try and take advantage of right. other folks.
1: Right, exactly. Well, and I think the the old story goes, there was a professor teaching a college class on socialism, and he comes in and he says, okay, I'm only, I'm going to give every, the first test everybody's, did what they did the ones that worked hard got A's the ones that kind of understood it got B's and C's and then the ones that just didn't do anything got D's and E's well the professor comes in and says I want no matter how hard you work I'm going to give everybody the same grade so the ones that would normally work hard didn't do anything and the ones that didn't do anything still didn't do anything and then you all got the same grade (laughs) right
2: right and I think that, that the first time that he went through, the people that had worked hard initially did continue to work hard. But then the second time, it just kind of fell off. Right, right. Well, and, and you see that in just human nature. There are some, you know, for example, the uh, the whole, um, you know, when we turned the world off in 2020, uh, in 2020 for COVID, everybody had to start, well, not everybody, but the vast majority of the planet wound up working remotely from home right for the first time mm-hmm. the productivity drop off was utterly astounding okay because some people are geared to work from work from home by themselves mm-hmm. they're self-starters they're going to do their job just because they get a sati- they get satisfaction from doing their job okay? right but not everybody's geared that way Right. Matter of fact, it's a relatively small portion of the of of the population, Mm -hmm. what I can tell, that is geared that way. But you know, therein lies the problem. If you don't have any opportunity to benefit from your labors, you're not going to continue to labor as. Enthusiastically is a good right, word, right? You know, and again, as willing, at the, mm-hmm. right? If you look at what the uh, the, the the Bible uh, tells you on how you are supposed to um, how you're supposed to take care of the uh, the poor, mm-hmm. is when you harvest the grain that you've grown. Was the example given? Every sheaf of grain that touches the ground, you leave behind. If it touches the ground, it's done. Right. Okay. And that is there for the poor to glean. And gleaning, of course, is going behind you and picking up the uh, remaining grain after harvest. Now, so again, that point being that, you know, uh, and, you know, I understand not everybody is a believer in the Bible. I happen to be. Mm -hmm. But the whole point being that you give them the opportunity to earn their own sustenance. Right. Even though they don't have they don't own land, they, you know, don't have anything that they can that, that they can plow so that they can sow mm-hmm. and eventually reap, but they can go out and gather their own grain, thresh it, work it into flour and make their own bread and live. Mm. And and that way Because, again, you've seen it, I'm sure, and I've seen it. It it just is the way that things work. When you are given something free, for free, you intrinsically do not value it. Well, that is true. Yeah. And so, again, if it had any value, you wouldn't give it away for free. One of my favorite anecdotes is about um, a refrigerator that was placed on the curb free to a good home. And it sat there, and it sat there, and it sat uh-huh. there. Well, after several days, they put a dollar, put a put a sign on it for twenty five dollars, and somebody stole it that night. <laughs> so, you know, it's anyway.
1: it's interesting. You know, you're talking about Freemasonry and stuff like that. I think what what I find interesting is one of the largest secret holder of societies in the world you forbids any of its members to be freemasons and i believe the correct term is return refers to the masons as the synagogue
2: of satan really and who is that
1: the catholic church
2: ah intriguing and to well, this day church, and, and,
1: well and to yeah. this day i think they still forbid their members to be member, to be freemasons
2: yeah and uh, the the counter group okay so we've talked about opus dei but the counter group uh, in the Catholic Church is uh, is known as the Knights of Columbus. Okay. So now, I you know having been a Mason, I can assure you there's nothing satanic about any of the any of the rituals or anything that are done. Right. Um, you know I can't really I mean I I I, I take my obligations seriously mm-hmm. regardless of what they are. So I'm not going to go into to to right great right. depth or detail, right. but Everything you can find out everything you want to know about the Masons, um, and because it's all written down, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but the end result is there's also a lot of non-factual information written about the about the Masons as well. Right.
1: Well, and there's non-factual stuff written about everybody. I mean, oh, yeah. one group at point, one group at any point in time in history has had disinformation put out there to discredit it from other organizations because the other organization didn't want the competition for the secrets or for the power oh, or for the donations from the parishioners.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, at the end of the day, it's all about power.
1: Right. And, and, and that's the bottom line is it's always been all about power.
2: Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Well, I guess that's a good place to stop since it's all about power. <laughs> i'll tell you I, true. I know since you got to go do the secret handshake and put your salise on
2: <laughs> absolutely
1: but uh i guess in i guess in our speak that's the snout to the curly tail and everything in between and we'll pick it up next time
2: absolutely good to talk to you my friend
0: as always speak soon You've been listening to the Carolina Underground. Our passion is to talk about technology, history, media, politics, and how it's all changed over the years and affects our daily life as Gen Xers. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Twitter at Carolina UND GRND. Hit the website at www.thecarolinaunderground.com. And if you've got questions or comments, send an email to info at thecarolinaunderground.com. Stay Gen X strong. See you next time on the Carolina Underground.